come from? Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It came from outer space to fill the world with terror. What earthly power can stop this terror? That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. The podcast from outer space. Here we go. And welcome back, everybody. It's the podcast from outer space. It's your boy, Rob Scott. We got T-Bag, a.k.a. Adam, in the house. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. And as always, it's Ryan Scott. Greetings, Earthlings. And tonight we got 99 problems, but podcast followers ain't one, according to Spotify Wrapped. So check that shit out. Uh, It's episode 99, and tonight we will be talking about none other than the Lonnie Zamora incident from 1964. Yes, uh... For those not in the know, which uh, I guess that includes us too, because I did not know about this one, uh, but... I still don't. <laughs> the Lonnie Zamora incident was an alleged UFO sighting taking place on April 24th, 1964, near Socorro, New Mexico, involving police officer Lonnie Zamora as the main witness who claims he saw two beings beside a shiny object that later rose into the air with a thunderous roaring flame. Now, is it just me, or do you have to have, like, a nerdy name and live out in the middle of nowhere to have these kind of things happen to you? Is that, like, a trend? And can we also say that most UFO incidents are alleged? Well, and I'm not, and I'm being honest here. Well, I think we know, and I mean, we can of course get into this later, but we know that the government confirmed UFOs exist. So if you see a UFO, though, it's not really alleged. It's just an unidentified thing. It's alleged that it is an alien, I think. Okay. You know, does that make sense? Or is this, this, uh, I believe in aliens. I was just putting it out there, you know. Well, this says alleged UFO sighting. Shaking it up, adding some spice. <laughs> okay, well, well. so, I mean, we'll get into all this. Uh, of course, of course, we're skipping ahead here. Now, Now, the U.S. Air Force's subsequent investigation into this sighting via Project Blue Book officially lists the case as unknown. Uh, now, this was one of the main cases involved in flipping Dr. J. Allen Hynek's opinions on UFOs and him taking them more seriously. And while many ufologists consider this sighting one of the most credible on record, if you can believe that, skeptics offer a few different theories or logical explanations for Zamora's sighting. And of course, there's the official narrative. And of course, we will get into all of this probably more in this episode. Now, I think we already covered this, but you guys hadn't heard of this one, Rob or T-Bag? Until you sent us the outline, that's a no for me, dog. Okay, and that's a no for me as well. You know, I actually got this one off a list. I was looking around for some lists, you know, did have an episode, scrapped it. That's a little behind the scenes knowledge for you guys. Uh, And (laughs) so I'm looking at a list of UFO sightings uh, because I'm going to say, guys, I hope you're ready for a very uh alien will say holiday season because our next few episodes are getting pretty extraterrestrial uh and so perhaps take a guess at our number 100 coming up you know give you a hint it's the uh it's it's one of the silver tunas of alien lore we'll say 
That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Uh, but yeah, that's a, a bit more background knowledge. But um, so we hadn't heard of this one. I start looking at this one. Fascinating story. Um, so let's start off with the tale of the sighting excel itself, because uh, and as I found in my research, there's been like with any case we see, guys. This is tale as old as time. Uh, this is like. There's classic embellishments added over the years. I mean, this stuff this happened back in the '60s. You know, stuff gets added to the story, stuff gets snowballed in, spitballed in, and it becomes this whole other thing. There's countless different stories out there, uh, but for this tale, I specifically use the original source material, which is the newspaper clipping, and I still have the clipping. <laughs> I still have the clipping. And, uh, you know, a couple other, I kind of cobbled stuff together as I always do. I said, okay, what is the same across the board? I looked at countless different tales and, um, I will present it to you as I deem that it happened. Um, so let me set the scene for you guys. The year is 1964. Uh, the Beatles had their first U S album release. Uh, JFK had been murked in November the previous year. Uh, the civil rights movement was in full swing. And a young Cassius Clay beat Sonny Liston for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, the Ford Mustang was also officially unveiled to the public. And the space race is well underway. And while Sputnik had been launched and John Glenn did orbit the Earth, we had yet to set foot on the moon. But... At least space travel was in the minds of the masses at this time, and UFOs, the possibility of other intelligent life, or Martians out in the universe, is booming. Uh, so, you know, keep that stuff in mind as we get into the sighting. Now, it's a warm April 24th evening in the small town of Socorro, New Mexico. And now, this is damn near schmack dab in the middle of the state. Um, and police officer Lonnie Zamora, he's out on patrol. Now there is a picture of the gentleman there. Uh, now this guy, I mean, this guy's a cop and he sounds exactly like, uh, John Coffey in the green mile, you know, and he's like, I was scared of the dog, sir. <laughs> this is what this now, guy sounds like. If if we gave him a mustache, don't you think he would look just like Squint's grandfather? I think he does look like yeah. Squint's master. Uh, what what does he call him? My great grandfather's uh, police chief. What's he call him? Like Squint's master Palidorus something or something like, like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's looks like, yeah, you know, honestly, kind of looks actually like a combination of Squint's grandfather and um, Paul J Blart. James Earl Jones. <laughs> he he kind of looks like James Earl Jones. Yeah, I see it. I Why don't you it. knock on the door? I'd have got it for you. He looks like that. George signed this? Yeah, sounds actually similar to James Earl mixed with a little John Coffee in there. Um, now, as we said, this is a small town. Uh, this guy's a fucking pig, you know? And the teens in this town, <laughs> they hate this guy. You know? Hey, I'm, I'm saying the, the teens in the town, they hate this guy because he's always giving them speeding tickets. Uh, now, not much else to do in that. Yeah, yeah. not much else to do. I, I imagine this town, like in uh, American Graffiti, when teens are just like driving up and down the street with their friends, like that's what they do. 
That's probably all there is to do there. Bro. Yeah. So uh, now it's a little after 5.45 p.m. And Lonnie is in pursuit of a speeder. You know, he's engaged with this car. They're going fast and furious down the highway. And this guy's flying. Probably in a new Mustang. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, this guy's flying. Listen to some Beatles. Um, and this car is still a good distance in front of him when all of a sudden... Out of the sky, he hears a roar and saw a flame about a half a mile to a mile away. Now, he's thinking, holy fucking moly, did I just see a plane crash, you know? Or maybe uh, the old dynamite shack might have exploded because every town has one of these, right? This is no no kidding. In the story, the old dynamite shack might have exploded. Because every small town has a dynamite shack. Right, you know, right. This is common. This is common knowledge. Uh, so that maybe the dynamite shack exploded, or maybe Joe Dirt and Kicking Wing are shooting <laughs> fireballs at uh, a fucking a bomb again. You know. Uh, but either way, this guy is like, holy fuck! So he is concerned enough about what he just saw and heard that he says, "The hell with this criminal." He abandons his pursuit of the speeding car, and he makes his way towards the sound of this explosion. Now, he's heading in the direction, and he sees a bluish-orange flame descending calmly to the ground. Just like Joe Dirt. (laughs) He can also clearly hear the noise described, this time as a roar, not a blast. Now, the noise would last about 10 more seconds and would change from high pitch to low pitch. And then the noise stops. He continued to move forward at a steady pace for several more seconds, and he goes up this steep dirt hill towards the where the dynamite shack was because this is what he thinks exploded. Um, now some say some stories say he got stuck on this hill uh, and walked the rest of the way. Others say it just like took him a while to get up the hill. He had to drive slow so that he didn't get stuck. Um, you but gotta drive slow up that hill to the dynamite shack. Now. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, anyway, he manages to get up this road, which leads to the top of the mesa overlooking the gully where this craft, whatever, had landed. Um, now, at first, he thought it was an overturned car. You know, uh, maybe the one he's following. Who knows? Uh, but he could make out two people standing next to it. He says each of them had on white coveralls and seemed to be examining the vehicle and their surroundings. One of them appeared to even notice Zamora approaching. Now, he says that he didn't notice anything strange at the time other than their size. And this is like uh, this is probably the best quote from this whole thing, as he would later state, quote, they were either small adults or large kids. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is like, this is an unbelievable quote. This could have been Jeffrey Epstein's defense. He could have oh, mounted it on. The, no. <laughs> hey, these were large. These were small adults, your honor. <laughs> you know, so only thing he notes, though, this is interesting. Only thing that Zamora notes is the size. Uh, he doesn't say that, you know, they had little beady eyes. They were, they didn't have green skin, like nothing crazy. They were just humanoid with white coveralls, either uh, some large kids, some big boys, or, or some small, uh, adults. Small, small adults, you know, some, some little people maybe. Now, as he continues to approach, he's going with a little more caution. He realized this wasn't an overturned car at all. 
and he would later describe it as an O shape or, quote, like an egg. Oh, oh. <laughs> now, he also said it was a whitish aluminum color. Now, at this point... What? It's like okay. a shiny white, you know? Whitish aluminum? Yeah. yeah. Think of if aluminum foil was white. <laughs> right? That would be white then. <laughs> but like a shiny metallic white. Come on. Okay. Come on, man. Um, Come on now. Yeah. Now, at this point, you know, he he brings damn his car... I, damn it, I want a mag now. <laughs> it's not <a> boom hour. <laughs> so, at this point... He brings his car to a stop, and he starts to get out. Now, almost as soon as he gets out of the car, the same roar returns. The blue flame shot out of the underside of the craft, and he thinks this thing's about to explode. You know? Um, He thinks, oh, man, maybe they took all the dynamite from the dynamite shack, and this (laughs) thing's going to blow. Now, he's about 50 feet from the UFO, and for protection, he drops to the ground, covers his face with his arm. Uh, some say that he ran and took cover, lost his glasses. Was someone uh, watching? No, I said like some accounts, some different uh, accounts. Because there's he yeah, changed his story. Well, I don't think he did. This is just other accounts differ. Mm, but it's like the telephone game, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the original one says he just dropped straight to the ground, didn't lose his glasses or anything. Duck and cover, and all the while from anything. Yeah. And he's keeping this egg in sight. You know, he's keeping this white aluminum egg in sight. Uh, Now, the roar starts getting louder and louder, the frequency higher and higher. The egg starts to move straight up into the air. And Zamora also noted once again the blue flame with orange tinge to it on the underside of the craft. Now, as the craft continued to rise, Zamora could clearly see it was an oval. Uh, he could also make out a red-colored insignia or symbol on the left side of the craft. And we'll talk more about this later. But he later would say, quote, It was smooth, no windows or doors. As the roar started, I was still on, still on or near the ground. There was red lettering of some type. The insignia was about two and a half feet high and about two feet wide. It was in the middle of the object. The object was a... Aluminum White. <laughs> and, uh, aluminum White is a great fucking band name. And uh, speaking of smooth aluminum white objects with no windows or doors, this seems like a great time to plug our new sponsor, Smooth My Balls. <laughs> hey, hey, that's not official yet. You want man. your balls to be aluminum white? Are yours not? Shiny? <laughs> They're just so smooth. <laughs> hey. That's a good plug if we nail the sponsor, but I, I'm thinking we can go for Manscaped, you know? Baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. Do you um, have a bluish hue to them? <laughs> now, uh, so there are a couple pictures of the craft, artist renderings, of course, and uh, aluminum <laughs> white, yeah. obviously. And we will, uh, I'll post these on the Instagram. Um, this looks like a damn propane tank. that's what it was in real life it was just fucking tripping balls i mean blue blue flame man they were fixing the propane Um, leak so like what are you doing over there bro (laughs) he like drops on the ground this cop is just shit face (laughs) drunk and he's like fucking it's like the uh oh god what is that roar (laughs) 
Who's the we ca- just turned the fucking propane on, bro? Chill Who, out. Who's the Cavs player that missed the the game tying shot when LeBron was in Cleveland? J.R. Smith. Smith. It's like the face, the J.R. Smith meme. Like he's like <laughs> looking at this propane thing. Now, so all right. So the craft, he says, the craft's about fifteen feet off the ground. It stopped its upwards progression and hovered for several seconds. Now, anticipating another roar along with the flames, he covered his face, and then when he looked again, the craft was moving in a straight line away, this time much, much faster. And he would later state, quote, The object was possibly 10 to 15 feet from the ground, and it cleared the dynamite shack by three feet. It was traveling very fast. It seemed to rise up and take off immediately across country. (laughs) Now... At this point, cross a, country, like just out of sight, dude. I don't out of sight, mind. out of mind. Dude, yeah, it's like time. a fucking, it's like a football pass from Uncle Rico going clear over the mountains, dude. Well, he should have said that. <laughs> now, at this point, Zamora's thinking, "What the hell?" So he radios the sheriff's office immediately uh, after the object had taken off, and the radio dispatcher on duty was Nep Lopez. Uh, now, State Police Sergeant Sam Chavez uh, and State Policeman Ted Jordan and Under Sheriff, which I guess is like assistant to the sheriff. Assistant Sheriff. Okay. Assistant Sheriff uh, James Lucky. They all Are responded. These fake names? <laughs> I mean, it's in there, dude. You think every name is fake? Now, have you ever met a guy named Nep? Well, maybe that's yeah, short right. for um, in New Mexico. Nepo- this might be like India, yeah, or nepotism something, or something. Nepotism. <laughs> now, 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 Mr. Nepotism Lopez, we meet again. <laughs> now, Sergeant Chavez, uh, he would comment uh, like he gets to the scene first, I believe, and he would comment how his colleague looked quote white as a plate, whitish aluminum. <laughs> he looked white as aluminum himself. Uh, now, by this time, he examined the area where Zamora claimed the strange object was, and he was also just as intrigued by some high strangeness going on. Both Zamora and Chavez would go investigate this area, and it was now apparently burning brush. Hmm. Sounds familiar. It does. That sounds very familiar. And they heard a voice that said, take, take your shoes, shoes off and walk before me. <laughs> so so they see all these fucking um that's when they found out that james lucky dosed them (laughs) they find this burning brush and um they witness smoke rising from the apparent burning area but there but there's no flames they don't see any flames or any material that appear to be on fire um now Chavez also pointed out what appeared to be eight distinct imprints. Four of the indentations were larger and rectangular, while the remaining four were smaller and round in shape. And after... So either <coughs> large children or small adults? Well, I, I think this is probably from uh, Landing Gears, yeah? Just cut that out. Now, <laughs> now, <laughs> and I'm honestly asking. Uh, so that's staying in. Now... <laughs> Chavez, so Chavez does some initial snooping around 
And he also says that he found no tire tracks aside from the ones left by Zamora's vehicle, nor were there any tracks leading to or from the landing site. They call him Snoopy Chavez <laughs> for short. Yeah, old sleuth Chavez. <laughs> um, now, we got to remember. UFO. We got to remember, guys. UFO sightings are at an all-time high in the 1960s. Uh, this kind of stuff sells papers. Although I was like some of the research I found, some of the articles were saying that like um, UFO reporting was like stigmatized among serious papers. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, have you ever been in the checkout lines and bought one of them uh, UFO sightings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll read it while I'm in line, but I didn't buy it. Oh, yeah. Those are awesome. (laughs) Now, I would say, (laughs) well, those rule, but that's like, but you know, that's fake. Yeah, that's like well, most on. people. Actually, I don't know. Maybe we pick up a couple copies of those and read those for our Patreon. Thinking about starting a Patreon. Let me know what you guys think about it, uh, listeners out there. I like that idea. Um, we'll pick up some uh, some weekly news from the National about Bat <laughs> Boy. <laughs> yeah, Bat Boy Satan's <laughs> face seen over the U.S. Capitol. I mean, these are these are classic news stories. If anything, I would say based on our Mockingbird episode, that is real news. That has become real news now. This, uh, but what do you know? Seriously, uh, papers at the time, nineteen sixties. I mean, you had Roswell in the papers. You had Kenneth Arnold in the papers. Like, I feel like having a UFO sighting at that time, like we said, space race. It's in the collective conscious. It's in the it's in the national lexicon. Like, people are thinking about this stuff. Of course, you're going to be like, dude, aliens landing. That's going to sell some fucking papers, yeah. Or do you th- yeah, just go light, light a bush on fire and <laughs> boom, we saw an alien. Biblical, baby. <laughs> yeah, this is a biblical sighting we've got here. Possibly the first biblical sighting besides maybe Jesus himself. Small adults, large kids. Now this instant, so so as we said, sightings are at an all-time high. Might have been stigmatized to report on it. Maybe not. Maybe to sell papers. Um, but this incident, this incident would take only a matter of hours to reach the press. And by Sunday, the place is crawling with sleuths, journos, reporters of all kinds. Now, thoughts so far. What are you guys thinking just based on this tale and their like initial investigation of the site? You know, like this guy comes up to you, this police officer, you're at the station, you got banned to the radios like Farva, and he tells you this story. What are you guys thinking? <clears throat> is this guy the Farva of his station? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that. Sanchez, do you need assistance? <laughs> this is Carver. He's out trying to bust the speeders. Yeah. And he, I'll call him a chicken fucker. Um, I don't think he was the Farva. A lot of people say this guy was like a stand-up guy. He was a he was a good guy, a respected guy in his community, except for the teens hate him, of course, you know. But what what teenager doesn't hate cops, you know? If he rides around with Chavez, they can be Car Camora. <clears throat> All right, come on. Come on. What are we thinking of the tale? Are you buying this guy's story or are you saying this is mumbo jumbo? I mean, maybe if I got to know this fellow a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> so, so just based on his, come on, stand up. He's a pillar of the community. He seems like he might be on one though. You're judging this guy though. Prejudice. You're, you're, yeah, that's prejudice, dude. You're stigmatizing him for his UFO sighting. He probably had a Punisher tattoo. 
<laughs> yeah, he's cruising down Punisher logo line. on the hood. You guys ever play looking for speeders? You guys ever play Earthbound on a Super Nintendo? I have not. I have not. This has like the uh, this has the same vibes as the intro to that game. Okay, so maybe this is maybe this is some inspiration for Earthbound. maybe that's what I'm thinking. I need to look into this. I'll send you the intro on YouTube later. Yeah, as our video game sleuth, um, maybe do some <laughs> digging on that. Yeah. Now, uh, okay, so uh, Rob's not buying it. Teabag, you're not buying it. Or this is just a video game? This guy's in a simulation, you're thinking? Uh, this guy's just high on propane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> propane tank exploded. <laughs> okay, so this guy's high. Now, whitish aluminum. Him. All right, yeah. well, so let's get into the you know official narratives, the Blue Book investigation, the subsequent investigations. Uh, because, Blue Book? Yep. As we said, hundreds of UFO researchers and investigators would descend on the area. Uh, you had various reporters from the local press all the way to news agencies like United Press International and Associated Press. Uh, you also had groups such as Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization, also known as APRO, and NICAP, which is NICAP. the... Na- NICAP. Come on. Have you seen X-Files? NICAP, which is the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenon. Uh, these would also send teams to the area to investigate... Not to mention three separate government agencies investigating, including the U.S. Army, the FBI, and as we said, the U.S. Air Force's Project Blue Book in order to perform an official investigation. Now, the United States military first officially arrived to interview Zamora on the 25th of April uh, when Army Captain Richard T. Holder uh, was the first at the time... (laughs) This guy's name's Dick Holder. <laughs> Dick Holder. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is uh, Captain Dick Holder. Uh, so <laughs> Dude, you're telling me this guy. This is all <laughs> fake, man. This is all fake. Now so I know. Captain Dick Holder. What? <laughs> Dude, this just sounds more. Fake I don't by think. The th- I don't think that he went by Dick. <laughs> you know, oh, with that I last name, he probably went by Rich. They call me Dick. <laughs> Dick Holder. <laughs> Dick Holder. Pleased to meet you. So Dick Holder. Put it there, went- partner. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking about your dick. I'm not talking about your hand. Put your dick there. Put Got your my dick there, soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Put your Dick Skinner there, soldier. Uh, so, so Dick Holder, he's he he was at the time the most senior official available from the nearby White Sands Missile Range, and a little more on that later. He arrived along with Arthur Burns of the FBI. How's that a White Sands base or aluminum White Sands base? That is just White Sands okay. base. Uh, now. During the course of their interview, Zamora would state his belief that he had witnessed a secret experimental craft from possibly the U.S. government. Now, Holder, old Dick Holder, uh, he would quickly dismiss this notion and would even seemingly go out of his way to state to the press that the military had, quote, No object that would compare to the object described. Now, even the FBI report, like the official FBI documents, would note that there were, quote, four irregular-shaped smoldering areas at the location 
Zamora claimed the incident took place. Uh, the FBI also specifically asked Zamora to keep their involvement a secret, as well as apparently this uh, quote-unquote symbol he had seen on the side of the craft. Now, we have a radio clipping uh, that I will play for you because Zamora goes on this radio show. They ask him about the symbol. Uh, now, let's take a listen at what he says. Not from that, uh, that uh, far, I didn't see the markings. When I went up closer to it, I did see the markings. And uh, someone said that uh, the markings that you saw it was an, an upside-down V with three lines running through it. No, sir, I couldn't tell you that because they still uh, don't want me to say nothing about the oh, markings. No, they don't want you to say anything about the markings. All right, we won't question you on that. And if we run into an area that they don't want you to uh, talk about, well, you just say so. And this happened about 5.30 Friday afternoon. So he goes on this radio show. They ask him about the markings. He says, hey, I, I can't confirm that. They don't want me to talk about that. Now, why would they not want him to talk about these markings, do you think? Any ideas? Any thoughts? It's an ongoing investigation. Okay. Can't talk about that. <laughs> this is the classic, like, uh, this is the classic, like, law and order line or something like yeah. that. Like, cop line. Okay. Lawyer Rob over here, you know? Well, I do some more sleuthing around this afternoon, and I, I find... So, this symbol pictured here, uh, which is like a dome with an arrow and then a line at the bottom. It looks like some fucking <clears throat> Order of the Arrow shit. Arrow pointing up, yeah. Um, so, this symbol is actually incorrect, uh, because allegedly, the boys from Project Blue Book, they come to town, and they asked, hey... If anybody, like, report that you saw it with this symbol. Uh, so he goes around saying, hey, he saw this symbol, which was purposely a misdirection. Now, the actual symbol on the craft uh, pictured here was an upside-down V with three lines going through it. Um, and apparently, the folks from Project Blue Book told Zamora to report the other symbol so that if anybody claimed they had seen the same craft and they described the same symbol, it would be the wrong symbol and the blue book wouldn't like waste their time, uh, you know, following their case. Oh, so people are saying like, yeah, yeah, I saw it and it looked like this. They would yeah, and it had fake. this. They would know it was a fake report. Got pretty it, got it, pretty got clever. You know? That's what they want you to think. <laughs> now, but what's interesting is and what corroborates this story is that in the interview we just played, the gentleman asked him, this was a triangle with three lines through it, the correct symbol. And he says, no, no, I can't say anything about that. So that does hold some, they some said, water. So, Lonnie, what would you say you do know? <laughs> so, Lonnie, are you the farva of your... <laughs> Precinct. <laughs> no, Would no. you like a liter of cola, sir? <clears throat> yeah, that's what the kids at the burger spot would put the, uh, <laughs> put the fake thing over it. Um, Does that look like spit to you? Now, so, okay. Now, investigators claim 
that uh, several witnesses clearly remember hearing a loud roar and Socorro police records indicate that three separate people made reports to the dispatch desk of a bright glowing object rising in the sky. Now, I was looking at this because I think, okay, three separate reports calling the police station saying a bright glowing object. Now, he said it did have a flame, but I did some sleuthing of myself and I find out that on that evening, sunset was around 6.45. So he sees this thing, you know, a little after 5.30. Witnesses would have seen this thing around like the magic hour. It would have appeared to be glowing, especially if it was, uh, you know, this aluminum white. Am I right? It's the magic hour. Magic hour, baby. Golden hour is what they call it, actually. <clears throat> so, you know, we're tracking here, right? We're tracking. We're tracking. So uh, now this is where things get uh, a little more interesting. Because reporters from Socorro's uh, local paper, the El Defensor Chieftain, uh, oh, yes. al- along with editor Ted Rayner, um, they were escorted to the site early Sunday morning by New Mexico State Patrolman Sergeant Sam Chavez. Now, Rayner took numerous photographs of the depressions left in the sand by the landing legs, and he even took photos of the burned greasewood plants. Um, Now, the headline of the article later written in the local paper read, quote, City police spend Zamora report sighting egg-shaped object and views takeoff. Tourists seize craft just before landing. Now, the depth and thoroughness of this article remains apparently one of the most uh, detailed newspaper accounts ever published of a UFO incident. Uh, And uh, like I said, that's where most of this research comes from, because I figure you go to the soonest report. This is the first article to come out. That's going to be the most accurate source. Am I right? Go to the source, baby. Go to the source. I can get a good look at a T-bone steak by sticking my head up a bull's ass, but I'd rather take the butcher's word for it. (laughs) That's exactly right. Um, Now... The article also contained this article also contained the photographs of the depressions from the landing legs, the burned bushes, uh, and this also remains one of the few landings with some photographic evidence. Uh, now, another notable would be the Tully UFO incident, which we also did an episode on. Now, does this also have anything to do with the fact that this is in BFE, so they don't really have that much to write about? So they're like. Oh, this is the most exciting thing to ever happen in this town. So everyone's on it. Well, I mean, I, I even like no matter what the reason is, it's still a great article and a lot of detail. In Hell there, of an article. Which, yeah, which you don't have in a lot of UFO sightings, you know. Um, now, I know what you guys are thinking, right? One witness, you know, this Lonnie Zamora guy, he's a sole witness. He's the only one who saw this craft. How reliable is this? You know, do we have another George Adamski, another Polish professor on our hands? Uh, Polish policeman, okay. Well, this article seems to have a witness corroborate Zamora's tale. Uh, Because apparently an unidentified tourist traveling north on US-85 saw the UFO just before it landed in the gully. Opal Grinder, 
<laughs> so, so Opal Grinder, he's the uh, manager of what? Whiting Brothers Service Station. This is New Mexico, dude. Come on, and that's not that's not no slight. Or, and this is no, no slander slander. to our New Mexican listeners. Opal um, Grinder, they just maybe have some unique names out there. I, Opal, I've if you said this is Opal, he runs the gas station in in fucking. Socorro, New Mexico. I would believe that. And yep. my name's Dick Holder. <laughs> That's an army captain. I would say I would say Opal sounds like a, Opal Grinder sounds like a guy's name's Satchel. <laughs> service station. Uh, gas attendant. Gas no, station he, attendant. he owned it. He's a manager. Service station manager. Do um, you want to meet the shift manager? Yes. Now, so he owns the Whiting Brothers service station on 85 North. Now, is this the Whiting or the Aluminum Whiting? This is the Whiting. Now, <laughs> Aluminum Whiting. Uh, now, he says, so Opal, <laughs> Opal is, uh, he's at the shop. He's at the shop pumping gas, doing God knows what, probably cracking off in the outhouse. Probably grinding. Some pro- propane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> off in propane. Now, he sees a- uh, Filling propane. Now, he says- that a man stopped at the station and remarked that aircraft flew low around here. Uh, to which Opal thinks this guy's got to be... He, he probably saw a helicopter from the nearby White Sands base. Uh, and the tourist... That's just dick holder flying around. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, the tourist says... Uh, the tourist says, Hey, you know, that was a funny heli- uh, funny looking helicopter if I ever saw it. And he goes on to explain that this this object, whatever it was, helicopter or not, it flew directly over his car, headed straight for the gully where it landed moments later. The tourist also commented that he had seen a police car heading up the hill. Um, so, I mean, he sees the car. He saw the thing land. This is another witness of the account. Uh, now, our boy, Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Also known as Ja. He is one of the Blue Book investigators. Now, he would not arrive, in, and we have talked about him on many, many, many previous episodes, uh, but he would not arrive in Socorro until four days after the incident on the 28th of April at the request of the Air Force. Now, he visits the site with Zamora, interviews him at length along with a couple other people, and he found the site to be so trampled by reporters that little evidence of scientific value could be obtained. Now, Hynek uh, would quickly realize that there was an apparent conflict of interest between discovering the truth of the affair and the Air Force's angle of the investigation. So he's like a molder here. <clears throat> because apparently, like this thing made its way to the Pentagon at this point, and the Air Force is under pressure to explain it as something other than a spacecraft. Because uh, like, as we know, as we've talked about, like I said many times, Blue Book was sort of the Air Force's like uh, established debunking of this uh, UFO mumbo jumbo. Like they, That's what they get paid <clears throat> to do. Yeah, they were like, hey, we need to start this thing. We need to start debunking these things. And they did debunk a lot of sightings, but there was also a lot that went unexplained. And this is one of those. Now... Send in Dick Holder to shut the door on this one. <laughs> now Dick Holder, Dick Holder was Army. He's not Air Force. Uh, so this is totally that's hey, a totally different investigation. He's the closest one they could get. He he was at the White Sands base. Um, Everybody, grab your dick and look into this light, please. <laughs> yeah, total different investigation. So, 
Um, now, among the Blue Book explanations considered and rejected were a rancher's helicopter or an experimental NASA lunar lander. Mm. Uh, according to Hynek, Zamora and Chavez were, quote, very anti-Air Force. Uh, so they hated these guys. And this was probably largely due to them trying to explain it off as a hoax or a misidentified craft. Uh, apparently, Zamora initially didn't even want to speak to Hynek uh, because, you know, he didn't want him to be made out to be a fool. He's reluctant to report this thing in the first place because of, as we said, the ridicule. And um, so, you know, he doesn't want to be made a fool. And these guys are just trying to say, uh, you, you just saw this. You just saw that. Like, they're trying to explain it off. It's a floozy. It's a woozy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the, uh, it's like the farmer guy in Independence Day. You're drunk. Yeah, exactly. They're it's probably a weather gonna, balloon. Exactly. This guy knows he's going to be ridiculed for this. You're drunk, and, Jules. And so he probably wants to keep it on the DL, but, you know, he does the interview. Now, as we said up top, this became one of the defining cases that began to turn Heineck around on the UFO phenomenon as he came to realize that the military and ultimately the Pentagon, despite their public rhetoric, were not interested in finding out the truth and even less interested in sharing the truth with the general public. Again, this is a tale as old as time. Panidia Davis in here. This is like the uh, this is like the classic shit we always talk about with the government. It's like, hey, we're gonna start a thing to look into this, see if it's a threat, and we're gonna throw all this money at it, but uh, we have no idea what it is. Go ahead and uh, go fuck yourself. Yeah, and until you recent didn't see years, anything. until recent years, you it, saw a helicopter. Yeah, it, until recent years, it was. Uh, hey, Paul Blart, go back to the mall. All right, you uh, just saw a helicopter. <laughs> hey, what you thought you see, you did not see little Looking preview for our uh, next episode. Uh, but yes, of this alleged landing in Socorro, Heineck would later go on to state, quote, I think this case may be the Rosetta Stone of UFO cases. There's never been a strong case with so unimpeachable a witness. Now, as we said, in the end, Project Blue Book declared this report unsolved. And as we know, not this time. From 1952 to 1965, Project Blue Book investigated 12,618 UFO sightings Jesus. in total and determined that 701 of them were unexplainable. The other 12,000 were fake. <laughs> well, not fake. They just were able to explain them as, yes, balloons, birds, swampers, swamp gas, yes, helicopters. Birds aren't real, though. Um, Okay, this is ma many moons before that theory came about. <laughs> but uh, the Socorro sighting remains one of the top 10 unexplained sightings to come out of Project Blue Book. Mm. Major Hector Quintanilla, the project's final director, stated, quote, There is no doubt that Lonnie Zamora saw an object which left quite an impression on him. There's also no question about Zamora's reliability. He's a serious police officer, a pillar of his church, and a man that's well-versed in recognizing airborne vehicles in the area. He is puzzled by what he saw, and frankly, so are we. This is the best documented case on record, and still, we have been unable, in spite of thorough investigation, to find the vehicle or other stimulus that scared Zamora to the point of panic. So, official investigations closed Project Blue Book can't explain it. Uh, what are we thinking at this point? You know? 
we've heard from these officials. Are you guys buying any more into the story? Are we still thinking he's huffing propane? TikTok. Um, what are we thinking? I'm honestly wondering, uh, you know, Zamora's on that high-speed chase we talked about. Maybe, I mean, he's stressing at that time, high. right? Yeah. High on propane. Maybe the uh, maybe his nitrous leaked in his car, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they got high. <laughs> it's just hallucinating, man. That's my theory. So you still think this is um, a mere hallucination? What about the other guys? What about the blue book guys investigating the prints in the ground, the burning bush, the photos? What do we got? Hallucinations. No clear evidence. No clear evidence. Weather balloon. What? They got photos of what? Of a fucking burned bush? I could go burn a bush in your backyard and take a picture of it. it doesn't mean a UFO landed there. That's the there. desert. Okay. Maybe there's probably okay. fires so out there all the so time. Hearsay. All right. Hearsay. So you're not believing any of this still? <sighs> this is like... It's just... All right. If you're not believing it, what do you think it is then? What do, like, This guy said he saw this. You think he made the whole thing up? If he was thinking, he wouldn't have thought. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he couldn't catch the guy. He didn't want to fucking look like a little bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, dude, I was... <laughs> Nobody would even know. He hey, was I was aliens. chasing this guy. and you don't He's think the he original aliens meme. Farvas it in. Hey, we got another speeder on uh, Route 11. <laughs> and then okay, he's like, I'm so on it. So you think this entire thing was made up <laughs> I'm just saying. because he couldn't catch a speeder and that brought the Army, the FBI, and the Air Force all out to investigate? They're yeah, they got to shut it down. Now, what about They're the other witnesses? What about the guy at the gas station? What about the three people that called in? Opal. That was all part of him? Opal fake name. <laughs> okay. Opal grind. What about the three people that called the police dispatch? This was just like his buddy. His boys, dude. His, yeah. Okay, the boys in blue. have Back the blue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Punisher so, supporters. Right. Now, so let's get into some possible explanations. I mean, maybe, I'm saying... Maybe it is real, but it's just, it's hard to believe something with only the burning bush pictures. <laughs> okay. That's I don't want to poo poo on the guy because maybe he really did see this, but did he write a I'm book just about not it? buying it. Did he write a book about this burning no, bush? No, he didn't. He didn't well, want any that was fame. His mistake. He didn't want Let's any see. money from this thing. That would, uh, I say. Can answer any questions in the interview? No, he's not like Bob Lazar out there writing a book saying, I didn't do it for fame. I got a national bestseller. You <laughs> buy my book dude. on Amazon. Bob Lazar? I'm kidding. So let's get into some possible explanations because although a lot of ufology groups consider the Zamora incident one of the most credible encounters on record, several alternative explanations have been presented. Early skeptics of this sighting accused it was a colossal gimmick to promote tourism. Now, now maybe this worked, but I would say probably not very well. I think the population of this town now is like some 9,000 people. It's not like they have a great uh, booming tourist attraction, you know? What are we thinking here? You guys think this is a possibility? Because, I mean, think of they, they saw Ro- what happened in Roswell. Maybe they were like, hey, let's get some of that action Gotta up cash here. In, yep. It's all relative. Maybe even a little bit of tourism is big to them. Okay. I've never even heard of this town, and I've driven through New Mexico several times. Yeah, so... pay you have. I guess their plan didn't work very well. <laughs> I mean, I didn't drive through <laughs> in the 60s or anything, but... Okay, so... I don't know. Still still, uh, still playing skeptic over here. Wait, that, that is a skeptical explanation. I'm saying I'm not buying that either. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Now, UFO skeptic Stuart Campbell suggested that Zamora observed what was almost certainly a mirage of the star Canopus. Canopus. Uh, which is Canada. Yeah, a little Canopus, uh, which is the second brightest star in the night sky. Now, what are we thinking here? <laughs> we think this guy is so fucking out of his wits that at 545 <laughs> p.m. he can view this for a star. That's horseshit. Okay. Um, what time of year was this again? April. April. Oh yeah. Uh that, as that I said, canopus he saw. Sunset was about an hour after he saw this thing. A nice whitish aluminum canopus. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, so not buying that one now. Harvard astronomer and guys, this is my favorite one because this one makes goes, sense. Not makes sense, but goes pretty deep. We'll get into it. So Harvard astronomer Donald Menzel. Uh, oh, he that's w- a real name. <laughs> he would propose that Zamora himself was a victim of a hoax. He would claim that several high school students or perhaps students from the nearby New Mexico Tech wanted to trick Zamora. And so they set up a quote complex prank now i'm tracking on this because you said the the teens in the town yeah. hate this guy so I, well already fucking that's why him. i threw that in there but teens aren't at a tech college well but maybe the tech the techies well, hate him as well yeah. 18 19 yeah. but are, are techies really out there speeding and fucking smoking weed in the creek and stuff they might be okay so out in new mexico um, who knows dude i've never been there now so Before even we went to roswell even the president of New Mexico Tech, Sterling Colgate, yes, of toothpaste fame. He is the heir to the toothpaste dynasty. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not even making that up there. I looked this guy up. He's like, he became like an astrophysicist and worked at Los Alamos and shit, but he is also like the great great grandson of the guy who came up with the Colgate brand. The toothbrush guy? Yeah, the toothbrush guy. <laughs> so uh, now he supported this idea. That students from the school were responsible for a hoax and additionally wrote that the object observed by Zamora was a, quote, candle in a balloon. It always is. Now, are we are we actually believing that? You think it was a candle in a balloon that this guy saw? Maybe no, I still think it was a propane uh, tank. Candle in the wind. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Now, students, uh, apparently, according to Colgate, students at tech universities have a long time honored tradition of pranking, you know, so classic. So if this, all right, if this is a prank, let's just kind of break this down. Okay. Let's just break that down. Let's just break this prank down. So if you think about a prank, explain this as a prank. What do you guys think can happen? They said, hey, look, this cop, he's always fucking with us. I got an idea. Let's fuck with him back. These guys got drunk one night. Yeah. Yep, yep. One guy speeds off, knows where he, where uh, fucking Favre is setting his speed traps. Okay. <laughs> Zips by him. <laughs> he's fucking following him. Halfway through this chase, boom, we set off like a flare or something or a fucking weather mm. balloon or whatever. Okay. He's like, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? Holy moly. <laughs> but yeah, so the loud noises then is just follow, a flare then and then a balloon. It. Okay. And what about straight up hovering and then zooming off? How do we Maybe get that? Maybe it's like more of a, uh, like a drone. Yeah. Like a, some primitive drone type thing. These guys are tech nerds. Yeah, Radi- got radio something. controlled. 
Yeah. I don't think I don't. It know could have like that. a loudspeaker in it. It's like. Okay. All right. So they're testing maybe a drone. Okay. Now, according to this so, guy sees it, he's like, "What the fuck is this? This is more interesting than this asshole that I'm chasing." <laughs> Peels off to go see what it is. By the time he gets there, boom, they're fucking taking that bitch right off the ground again. Okay. And do you? All right. So all right. Prank still in mind. According, so I start. I thought this theory was pretty interesting. Uh, according to a theory by Anthony Bragalia on ufoexplorations.com, uh, these pranksters, as you said, so one student, he knows where he's setting up the trap. He purposely like lures him into a chase. To he knows where the hoax is staged. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have possibly a large helium balloon resting on the desert floor which appears to have landed they then release it up into the air on cue uh maybe it was perhaps some reflective white colored balloon that's where we get the aluminum white um or a balloon fitted with a glossy white craft paper uh they added some landing struts uh they drew the red insignia on the side the roaring or whining was possibly explosives, pyrotechnics, model rockets, as we the said. The old dynamite shack. Yeah, the old dynamite shack. I mean, is it any coincidence that it happened by the old dynamite shack? Might be. Uh, also, possibly smaller students dressed in white lab coats, white lab coats as these quote-unquote aliens. Um, Small adults. Get it right. And then you had the digging out of landing depressions, the burning of the nearby bushes, uh, and boom, we got ourselves a prank. What are we thinking? It's a pretty in-depth prank. That's a pretty in-depth prank. Prank. Yeah, but these are a bunch of nerds with nothing better to do in this small town. But and prank they hate this, this guy. guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if we're buying, buy in, if we're buying into the prank theory, wouldn't the whole but of the prank or the purpose of the prank be to come forward and say, we got you, you fucking dumbass pig. No, nah, they're going to try and make him look crazy. <laughs> so they want to ruin his life. Yeah, they he ruins their lives. <laughs> He's a fucking speeding ticket. They yeah, should have been speeding. They were the- breaking the law. Breaking Please. the law. Are, are you kidding me? You, so you're going to disrespect an officer like that? So I you want to, are you going ACAB, full ACAB? No, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Dude, if we had this hey. idea back in the day, both of you motherfuckers would be in on it. But I yeah. would love to... Oh, if if I had a prank that drew the attention of the FBI... You'd be like, hey, guys, it was me. I'd be like, fuck, yeah, it was me. I'm the well, ultimate prankster. It, I'd get my own MTV show, dude. What if it, nah, 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 nah. What if it be, became out of control you know like they were they were gonna do that and they're like oh shit dude the fbi is here like and they just decided just to shut up they didn't want to ruin yeah. their nerd doctor careers yeah right right okay. the ultimate the ultimate vengeance is you wait till that man is on his deathbed and go gotcha bitch well they didn't do that either you don't know that, that you we would have heard about it no we wouldn't know this man died in 2009 it doesn't mean we would have heard about it. I've been waiting a long time for this, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a fucking insane prank. I'm saying, I don't... Okay, the prank definitely seems like the most logical theory, but it just seems like uh, the the way that he describes the craft taking off and stuff, if it did actually take off like that, that's a fucking insane prank. Okay, also, have we... Th- have we brought into theory maybe it was uh, the White Sands is a missile range? Correct. 
What if it was just, what if they just misfired a missile and they're like, yo, we got to cover this shit up. We're believing whatever the fuck this asshole tells us. That's bringing us to our next theory because apparently uh, other people explain this as the testing of a, what did we say was happening at the time? Peak of it. Space race. We're trying to get to the moon. This was still five years before we got to the moon. Cold war. Uh, 69. Nice. Yeah. Now, uh, some people explain this as the testing of a lunar landing device by personnel mm-hmm. from the White Sands Missile Range. Now, at the time, in 1964, NASA was testing an, an early engineering model of Surveyor, which is a lunar probe that went to the moon in 1966. Um, this testing was done out of Holloman Air Force Base in New Mexico and the White Sands Missile Range. And uh, researchers have found records showing that the model was being carried by a helicopter on the same day, although much earlier in the morning. Now, if we take this theory into account, we got to think, A, the lunar module looks nothing like an egg. You know, I mean, you've seen these. It's like got these crazy legs and it's. And there's no round part on it. It's like uh, a lot of square and straight lines and, and rebar, like bars crossing. It's not like an egg, smooth, no windows. And two, it was never designed with any takeoff ability. Uh, was the, it whitish aluminum, though? It was not whitish aluminum either. Uh, these these modules, you know, it's like the you know the, the when the SpaceX rockets land back out in the ocean? Yeah. They're like boosters come back down so he can recycle them. It's like that. It just has the ability to land. So it's it simply like slows its descent and then falls the final three meters to the surface where it stays on the moon. It doesn't have any ability to take back off. Uh, so you got to take those two things into account. But I do think the missile range is an interesting piece of the puzzle because what happened at White Sands uh, many, many years before. We discussed this on our Manhattan Project episode. So that were those uh, special education Russians landed? No, that was that would have been Roswell. <laughs> the White Sands Missile Range. This is where they did the Trinity test of the first mm. ever nuclear bomb. Uh, you know, this is Hills Have Eyes territory. Bomb, 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 bomb. Um, and what is a common theory on why aliens are always popping around down here? Nuclear testing. Nuclear testing. Don't so our, our dumbass is blowing up the planet. That does add in a you know, little element of um, you know possibly some ET interference here. Now you know what else was going on at that time. The Beatles were releasing their first U.S. album, and they were on the Ed Sullivan Show. And there was a coyote chasing a roadrunner out in the desert. <laughs> And what does this have to do with UFOs? He always hops into that missile and then he's yep. out of there. He's got the old dynamite shit. <clears throat> yeah. And what about we bring Marvin the Martian into the mix? Yep. He's popping around there too. I'm just saying. He's making sure that, so you the, think, that Wiley Coyote isn't blowing up the desert. So you think this was a t- some sort of crossover re- like this Roger is, this Rabbit? Like, this is the original <laughs> Space, Space Jam, Jam before it's time, yeah. <laughs> he sees Wiley Coyote. Okay. Now, all right. So a couple, I like this theory. Let's get into some of the myths because there's a couple popular myths that are floating around. And now, one of them is that in ufology circles... 
is that the Socorro newspaper reports of the landing have all mysteriously disappeared. Now, of course, we know this is false because that's where I found the original story. <laughs> that's where I got a lot of this from. Uh, now, there's also a myth surrounding the burning bushes at the site. Uh, some articles claim that although there was smoke and smoldering de- debris, the branches that appeared to be burned were cold to the touch. Now, this is also completely false. I could not find any anything to corroborate uh, these two pieces of myth we'll say um, but nonetheless figured i'd throw them in here as they've been added to the lore now what are we so i do i also found this is very interesting and i hope that we do an episode coming up on this because i'm digging around on this thing trying to find any sort of corroboration any sort of other evidence and i did find what is known as the fertilizer case or the Gary Wilcox sighting, which took place the exact same day all the way across the country in upstate New York near Rochester. Um, Very similar craft spotted on this gentleman's farm, which he actually went up to and touched, and similar small beings who actually spoke to him. And so we will definitely have to cover this case uh, here coming up. But, I mean, what do we think about that? Exact same day sighting of a very similar craft all the way across the country in New York? This guy's high on fertilizer, obviously. (laughs) Okay, so these guys, do you think, are just out here getting high and reporting this stuff? Yeah. A farmer and a cop. You you are out here... perfect partners in crime. You're slandering these farmers and cops. Okay, so you think they were in on it together? 64 a farmer and a cop walk into a bar and tell a story about aliens okay classic joke um all right so i mean i just thought that was interesting and as i said we'll have to do an entire other episode on that because that case seems to have a lot a lot of jelly in the donuts there um (laughs) does he say what these beings said to him he does and as i said we don't have time to get into it here but um we never do I'm diving into this stuff. I'm knee deep in the research and I can't help but think. Are you dick deep? As Rob has dick alluded, as Rob has alluded to many times before, uh, this craft looks pretty similar to the confirmed 2004 Tic Tac sightings. Now we have that on video, the Pentagon report. We covered it in there. Uh, I mean, what are we thinking here? Look at this craft. Look at a Tic Tac. <laughs> That's the two are one and the same. I mean, dude. And think about it. Tic Tacs weren't invented until five years after Zamora's sighting. So maybe if they were, he would have said this thing looks like a Tic Tac. And we've got one of the first Tic Tac sightings. Could have got rich off that. What and do we, we got think? The Colgate guy involved. He's all about oral health and smelling <laughs> yeah. good smelling breath. I think there's something it's going on. Conspiracy. Yeah, big dental is yep. to play here. Yep. We got they're something. They're white. They're white <laughs> like your teeth. Yes, yeah, something is going on with big dental. I mean, you could say that a good pair of teeth, a good pair of chompers, healthy pair of chompers, similar to white aluminum. <laughs> Am I right here? Uh, there's something going on with big dental. I have to ask my buddy John, who's a dentist, what's going on here. But I mean, could this have possibly no? Ser- in all seriousness, Tic Tac UFO. This guy's sightings. Now, in the Tic Tac sightings, we don't have any form of propulsion. That's like a big thing in there, you know. And I think this sighting was interesting because he specifically sees the propulsion. I'm thinking, could this possibly be maybe an early model of the same craft? 
You know, we got like a 93 Ford Taurus. We got a 97 Ford Taurus. Different models. It's a 96. <laughs> yeah, we got, <laughs> you know, we got a 92 Dodge Neon. And they probably made them after that, right? Mm, not much. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm thinking this could be like a, a, a newer model, an updated model. It doesn't have the propulsion. Um, also, or the creatures. does it? Now, see, that's what I'm wondering. Like, you're talking about the crafts that are just designed to land. Well, what if this thing crash lands and then something blows up and sends it across the country, if you will? So maybe, it, you're, what, you're saying it hit a stick of dynamite out there? Maybe it hit the dynamite. <laughs> <It's> blowing, <laughs> again, going to the cartoon theory that it just blew <laughs> it across the country. Uh, come on. I mean, come on. What are we thinking here? Tic Tac similar? Yes? No? You're really similar. I think they could be the same, and maybe these people just said they saw landing gear on it because of okay. what they've seen in the movies. Okay. Now what they thought they saw. In regards to these creatures, you know, now he doesn't call them creatures. He calls them people every time he sees them, and a lot of people bring into that that into question that too he craft that he did not to craft that he didn't specifically identify them as creatures or aliens or i guess extraterrestrials as demi lovato would say because alien is derogatory term now well right what they truly are is small adults yeah or large children so does that beg that begs the question does the prank theory hold up that it was just these college kids or Perhaps, could these be a more advanced version of ourselves coming back in time from the future? Wow. Doc and Marty are flying down the interstate in the Tic Tac going 88. Now, that's a classic. Uh, uh, that's a uh, whitish aluminum vehicle. <laughs> They're wearing white coveralls. That's a They're classic. Inspecting the vehicle. Next thing you know, he fucking guns it to 88. And bluish flames are coming out the back, and they're taking off straight line. Yeah, because and they don't he, need roads where they're going. And he sold some Iranian, some fucking fake plutonium. <laughs> now I'm saying, uh, Marty, gun it to eighty-eight. We went back to sixty-four. Now this is like we're uh, gonna steal some sticks of dynamite from the shack. <laughs> I know, I, I know, an old dynamite <laughs> shack in the middle of New Mexico. <laughs> this is just like painting it like lime green. <laughs> Doc, there's no clock tower there. How will we get back? You know, like the this is like a classic theory that people always say, like it, p- perhaps grays are a more advanced version of ourselves. That's why they have the big heads, the small necks. They, it's like some shit like that. What we do we finally figure out time travel and came back to check on 1964 at the dynamite shack? Ah, maybe they got their calculations wrong. Maybe it's not fully worked out. I mean, we have two reports of this craft. If we go, if we say this is the Tic Tac UFO, this came in 64, possibly other sightings that we don't know of, and then it's coming again in, uh, what, was 2004? I mean, what could be the reason here? What are we thinking? In 64, I can't really think of anything, except for, like you said, the nuclear tests. Yeah, and and I was trying to look up like if they did a lot of nuclear tests in '64. I think they did something like '84, but I don't think they did them at White Sands. They they were doing these like in the ocean or on these islands or underground. You know, they were island boys. They were they were actually the true island boys. <laughs> just trying uh, to make it. Yeah, just staring at the sun. Now, I mean, what are we thinking though? All in all, like 
genuine sighting? Is there government cover up here? Was this a prank? Conclusions, thoughts, TLDL? What do we got, guys? I, I normally don't like to shit on other people's observations, if you will, because I like I said, I know I've seen it, so I wouldn't want someone shitting on me, but I'm I'm hoping this is the prank theory. Okay, so you're thinking prank is the strongest theory, uh, po- probably hoping. a prank. Uh, as we said, the teens didn't like this guy. A lot uh, of people don't like cops, not just teens. Well, this is this is sixty four, Rob. This isn't uh, two thousand. This is yeah. We're not going full a cab yet. If I had to say what I think, I'm going with my missile theory. These fucking retards over at the missile ranch. So they made a missile one. shaped like an egg. No, I'm just saying they you shot. Gotta try different designs. They shot one off. It lands by the dynamite shack. Cop pulls up. What the fuck's going on here? They're like, hey, this is what you fucking saw. We're going to make it look like a fucking UFO landed here. Mm. You never saw anything. This missile did. <laughs> this missile didn't create this fucking. So they made war work for themselves by saying, we're going to fake an alien sighting. Oh, I'm just saying. Instead dude, of imagine, just saying, shut up. They would have just told him, shut up. No, no, you didn't no, see anything. But I'm saying, imagine other uses. Multiple people reported it. I'm saying like. Imagine you got a report, oh, this uh, military base accidentally misfires a missile into a town in New Mexico. You know how fucking crazy people would go over that? Well, that actually did Instead happen. Instead of like, oh, I oh, guess this fucking <laughs> retard saw a UFO. Okay, come on, dude. And like, Oh, here's a picture of a burned bush that's a, that proves it. Okay, and but again, like, oh, the, okay. the misfiring of the missile did happen, which is eventually why they moved the nuclear test out of White Sands. Oh, weird. Uh, but I... And when I, did no, that happen? I cannot remember the year that happened, but I did read that in my research but never even read it so you're thinking okay so you're thinking elaborate this guy they saw the cop and they said no not elaborate it's classic government cover-up okay so government cover-up is at play for you yes okay now the site today so this this is what i was saying about the tourism stuff earlier because in 1966 two years after the sighting Chamber of Commerce President Paul Ridings proposed building up the site to promote tourism. The chamber and volunteers built stone walkways and steps into the arroyo from the mesa top and a rock walkway circling the landing site and some wooden benches. Now, much of this remains at the site today. However, this is not the correct site. Uh, it is in actuality, this is approximately a quarter mile from the actual site of Zamora's sighting. Reason being that in 1966, vegetation had not yet grown back and many people feared that the area was radioactive. As a result, the chamber site was built in the same gully, but a bit closer to the old US-85. Now, following the 1964 landing, Zamora remained with the police department, um, and he later continued to work for the city until his retirement. Uh, following the initial investigation, Zamora rarely spoke about the incident. I mean, he was kind of ridiculed by the town, by his colleagues. Uh, and if he did talk about the story, it, it never changed from what he saw. And he also never sought attention from his story And as we said, he passed away in 2009 of a heart attack at the age of 76. So pour one out for this guy. Um, 
Now, in 2012, Socorro City officials Ravi Bosker and Pat Salome commissioned local artist Erica Burley or Burley to paint a mural on a spillway facing Park Street to commemorate Zamora's alleged UFO sighting. Now, there is a picture of the mural there, which I will also post on the Instagram and the artist. And I actually started uh, following this artist on our Instagram account. Shout out to uh, Erica Berlay. I, I don't know. Hopefully, she's still doing art. Maybe we get a. Uh, t- maybe we get her to design us a T-shirt. That mural is sick. Maybe we yeah. will go to New Mexico see the see the mural. <laughs> well, not anymore. Uh, but no, this mural is actually pretty badass. Um, and yeah. There you have it. That's the sighting. Now, what do we think of them kind of building up this site? Is it, uh, do we, are we maybe going back to the tourism theory? I mean, I don't think a mural and a little fucking walkway walkway is really okay. drawing in that many people. But I still would go to the site. I'll go check it out. If I'm ever passing through. I'd love to skate through. that, yeah. <laughs> when are you going to be passing through New Mexico? Rob, please. If I'm please. ever passing through, I'm going to check it out. Um, and there you have it, guys. I mean, let us know what you guys think. Um, take a look into the case. Take a look at the mural. Um, Lonnie Zamora incident, 1964, Socorro sighting. Uh, I guess you guys are saying it's this guy's a fucking pr- got pranked. Uh, you say government cover up. I'm saying legitimate sighting. Who knows what this guy saw? Blue book. I'm going with that. Unsolved. Blue book, gold book. Who gives a shit? Blue book, green book. I don't fucking know what he saw. And there you have it, guys. Uh, You heard it here first. We got a uh, TLDL. What do we got, T-Bang? Punk cop gets pranked by local punks via UFO sighting. Okay, now, and we're saying this guy's a punk? I mean, Can you read that in your newspaper voice? I think... (laughs) I'm saying this is this guy's story is kind of sad because this guy was reluctant to report this thing in the first place. He's ridiculed. He did become the Farva of his force. See, they probably had so many UFO jokes for this guy. He didn't want to talk about this stuff. And then he this this guy eventually di- goes to his grave. And if he did get pranked. Well, damn who else on the force got a mural. You know? Damn shame on those kids. But yes, he does that now have a sick mural in Socorro and um that's really what it's all about isn't it getting, getting a, a mural, mural in your <laughs> yeah dude i mean honestly immortalized you, yes forever in think the about the greats that have been immortalized in murals we got big pun big l biggie tupac kobe lonnie zamora i mean <laughs> they, they call him big z <laughs> yeah, to name a that's, few. that's the greats right there this guy got a fucking mural we need to go get a pick at this mural that's our next trip maybe the bachelor party hey. we're doing in socorro new mexico and <laughs> fuck miami we're going <laughs> yeah. to the middle of nowhere new mexico <laughs> and there you have it guys let us know what you think um and on this one i would like to cite socorrohistory.org the 1964 socorro ufo incident published in el defensor chieftain newspaper by paul hardin uh www.ufoinsight.com the zamora incident by marcus loth and of course the blackvault.com for all of the blue book and fbi documents um and on that one guys stay safe out there 
Hope everybody had a good holiday and we will see you very soon with our upcoming 100th episode. And on that, Loyal Legion, thank you for tuning in as always. Be sure to check out our website, www.dickholder.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. www.podcastfromouterspace.com. We got some merch on there for you. We got some new shit coming up down the pipe for that 100th episode, maybe. Who knows? Uh, if you want to slide in those DMs, Podcast from Outer Space on Instagram. As always, shout out to our friends over at Ember and Pine Company. Uh, if you're looking for that perfect holiday gift go check them out on instagram we follow them we'll put up some posts this week and uh as ryan said stay safe out there guys yeah and also real quick shout out to this mural artist erica uh burley on go follow her on instagram it is at real dot chartreuse and if you're listening dope mural erica and on that hashtag dope mural as Rob said, the holiday season is approaching us. It's upon us. If you got some nerdy friends, check out our friends at smarttcg.com. They'll make you some custom card game stuff. Uh, you got a special lady in your life, check out Alexander Brook Boutique in Morganton. You'll find some nice things there. If you're allowed on YouTube, unlike your boy T, be sure to check out our friends at Beal Racing. That's B-E-A-L Racing. And, you know, this time of year, be nice to everybody, especially your mail carriers. You never know. They might have that dope podcast from Outer Space t-shirt or swag you just ordered. And it's a stressful time of year for them. Yes, be nice to the delivery, guys. It's not their (laughs) fault they can't read. (laughs) And on that note, so long and thanks for all the fish.